ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm Janice Porter, your host, and with me today from sunny, well, normally sunny California, I don't know if it is there today, but is my special guest, Ricky Powell. First of all, welcome to the show, Ricky. Thank you so much, Janice. I'm so glad to be here. Absolutely. I was um, taken with your um, LinkedIn profile. That's how we met. We met through LinkedIn, and I love it when I meet people on LinkedIn that are uh, open to a conversation when we don't really know each other at all. But there were just some things in your profile that uh, intrigued me. And I have to say that it started with the fact that you actually were in the television industry for many years. And um, specifically, if I may share, um, that you were with uh, the Golden Girls in in post-production for five years and then went on to put many shows on NBC over the next 25 years. And we were just talking about that uh, must-see TV on Thursday nights that was always, you could always find something good to watch there, the dramas, the comedies. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned some of those shows that are iconic, Friends, Seinfeld, um, The Golden Girls, et cetera, Law and Order, all of those shows. So were you at that time, and I know you left there mm, th- uh, 10, eight years ago, maybe se- mm-hmm. seven, eight years ago, mm-hmm. um, and have since started uh, your next act career mm-hmm. and love it uh, as an author, speaker, corporate trainer, and executive coach. And I want to just say one thing that you um, that you sent me that you coach entrepreneurs, other coaches, and all heart-centered humans to be able to experience increased levels of gratitude, forgiveness, and joy, so they may thrive in life even further and profit more in business. And I have to say that that paragraph because that's what really um, speaks to me is that heart piece, heart-centered people and um, coming from that lifelong piece of happiness. So mm-hmm. talk to me first about how how did you come to that? Like, I'm going to go back into the TV thing, but because sure. I can't help myself, but how did you come to that? Well, I'll tell you, Janice, and, and I, I have to start by, by mentioning this. So uh, I first found, you know, that guy, Tony Robbins. Yes. <laughs> I found him in 1985 when I was house sitting for the producer of the Golden Girls. Okay. It was two in the morning. I'm flipping through the channels and there is Tony doing his first personal power infomercial. Absolutely. I'm watching as a, I don't know, 22, 23 year old. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this guy is a genius because it doesn't matter what your problem is. He has the answer. <laughs> I, I want to be that guy, you know? Yes. Um, and then I found out very quickly that Jim Rohn was oh. his mentor. Yes. Well, I this is one of my favorite examples of, of an abundance mindset is that, you know, we all can't resonate 100% with 100% of the people. And for me, I resonated so much more with Jim Rohn and everything he had to say. 
he, he was absolutely brilliant and had so many quotes. And my favorite from him was, your personal philosophy is the greatest determining factor in how your life works out. Yeah, that's a good one. It's not one that stuck with me, but I, yeah, that's huge. I mean, when you really stop and think about it, because my first thought was, wow, like, do I even have a personal philosophy? And if I do, <laughs> what is it? Yeah. And I, I really came up with this. For me, I came up with it. Everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't, you know, they tell me I can't buy into that. And I understand it. You know, their, their reasoning is, if everything happens for a reason, how could there be cancer, the Holocaust, or, you know, all of these horrible things that happened. And I get it. And I wanted to make it a, a more universally adaptable notion. So I just crossed out the last three words for a reason, <laughs> for a reason. Uh. leaving everything happens. And at that point, life is 10% what happens and 90% how we respond to it. Mm-hmm. For instance, and to circle yes. back and answer your question, the happiness thing was because of my first nine years at that company. So I was working with a very challenging individual. We'll call him a sociopath for short. <laughs> um, and it really was in an effort to help him, but also help myself get mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. And so I did a lot of digging and I found my first book on the subject of happiness by Dennis Prager. Happiness is a serious problem <laughs> and great title. Yes. And I'll tell you, I he of course wanted nothing to do with it, but I became so passionate about it. I read every book, listened to every program. I eventually wrote my own book in 2012 on the subject and, yes. and then started doing public speaking on it. And so during those 25 years, I was almost carving out this whole new career for myself, uh-huh. yeah. which now I'm in, I've embarked on, and and it's it's an amazing journey. I absolutely that's love fantastic. It. Um, when I was first getting into network marketing back in the mid 2000s, I was introduced to Jim Rohn, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I must have listened to his CD in my in my car every day for like weeks. And it could say it at that time over and over again, he was amazing, you know, and he used to say, he, he used to talk about the parable of the sowing the seed. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, yeah. some, some will, some, some will grow, some will fall by the wayside. Don't mm-hmm. go there, you know, and he'd talk about going to meetings and you'd worry about the people who didn't show up he'd say, don't take that class. He was just, that's right. Yeah. Oh, he was so good. I know. Yeah. Um, uh, interesting. So yes. And I understand totally because I've experienced Tony Robbins too. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a, a different, uh, totally different, different totally yeah. different. Yeah. Um, so, so you were basically um, in a life of personal development, really uh, alongside your actual career in television, right? Yes. And um, and did you think or did you know that you were going to turn that into a, a next act business? It, it's interesting, Janice, because I feel like on some level, I really did. Okay. Um, I kind of took this macro view of what I felt like mainstream media is doing to our culture and society. And mm-hmm. there's so much negativity. And uh, when I was studying positive psychology, 
you know, they determined that we all have up to 65,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Um, they're all thoughts are things and thoughts are energy. So they're all either positively or negatively charged. There's right. no neutral and up to 85% of those thoughts are negative. And we tend to have the same thoughts day after day after day. And it takes five or six or seven positives to counter one negative. So when you do the math, you really can see it takes a concerted effort to feed your brain the positive stuff that's going to keep you positively focused and moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so all that while, uh, I I helped them charter Toastmasters. I saw NBC Universal wanted to start a Toastmasters club. So I did that, was a charter member, became the club president. And so that's how the whole public speaking arena opened up for me. So I started that inside, but then very quickly moved outside the company, even while I was still there. Mm. And uh, I just had a feeling like, who wouldn't want to, I mean, it, it's amazing. It's like living again, my my third dream in a row. It's it's pretty cool. So the, so the very first one, I think you started on the uh, front of the cam in the front of the camera at a, as a little boy, right? Exactly. Um, child actor who made it through and is still stable. Mm -hmm. So what was that experience? Like, did you want to do that or was your mother the stage mother? Absolutely. She was the antithesis of a, of a stage mother. It, I, from the time I could talk, pointed to the TV and said, I want to be in there, okay. you know, I, I swear. And and so then again, everything happens for a reason. In the first grade, I'm like six years old. In walks a, a boy who was on a TV series at the time and yeah. we became best friends and his dad helped me get an agent. And the next thing I know, I'm auditioning and land a part on Bewitched as Mrs. Kravitz's nephew, you know? And, <laughs> and so, um, and it all took off from there. I It was so exciting. And my mom was amazing. She was my biggest fan and supporter. Um, but no, it was all my idea, 100%. Oh, well, there you go. So at some point, you, you oh, I'm trying to think when my sister, my sister was an agent for children in oh. LA for a while. And, I'm mm. saying, and she, she was booking for print ads, I think mostly for print, but mm. she was booking the Leonardo DiCaprio, Toby Maguire, that whole crew of, cause her stepson was also one of those people. And he was mm. on that. My, uh, my step nephew was on um, Charles in charge. He was the son on Charles in charge. Uh -huh. I don't know what, what network that was on. I can't remember, but yeah, I don't know that one yeah. either, but you, which Scott Bayo was yeah, in that, Scott which Bayo, and I right. worked with Scott Bayo on another of his shows. Um, yeah. Who's watching the kids. Oh so, yeah. 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 Or who's the, no. who's watching the kids. Yeah. Okay. Who's the boss was a different one. It was Tony yeah. Danza, right? That was, right. Tony. that was Tony. Danza. Yeah. Um. So, all right. You made it through the child acting thing. Um, but and and unscathed. I say that because I've seen you know it's it plays with your with your self confidence and your ego when you're too too old to do that role anymore, kind of thing. Right. So what happened for you? Like, did you go ahead? Yeah. Well, when you say unscathed, again, yes. When in comparison to yeah. what so so many have gone through, yes, a hundred percent. And at the same time. I definitely had my share of disappointments, sure. drama behind the scenes, all of that. Um, I had a recurring role on a show with that was starring a legend. A, a legend. Can you uh, share? You're not going to share? Henry Fonda. 
Oh, fantastic. Okay. Yeah, it was the Smith family. Yeah. Okay. And Ron Howard played his older son and I played his younger son's best friend. And anyway, kind of a long story short, but he he just, he felt upstaged by a 10 year old kid after I'd been on like four times or something, tried to, he wanted to get, he didn't want them to use me anymore. Uh-huh. And the producers, the producers felt so badly about it that they had me back to do another episode when he was out of town. <laughs> and they ended up putting me on my three sons for one episode, uh-huh. which was the same production company. So, uh-huh. so there was that and, you know, and, and other things, but as things started slowing down, as I started reaching my teen years, or, or mid-teen years, um, I started thinking about my plan B, like what's after this? And so I, I did get to do Tom Cruise's second movie called Losing It. I was in the first couple of scenes of that with him. And uh, and I had one line in the movie Airplane 2. And that oh. was when I was 20. <laughs> yeah. Um, Howard, uh, hired by Howard Koch Sr., who was the producer, was a huge producer at the time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm thinking, what else do I want to do? Well, I was fascinated with everything on the set anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to let me do the clapboard yeah. and, and call, you know, for sound rolling and all of that. <laughs> so what happened was another friend of mine who be- we became best friends in high school and then went on to college together. We graduated and because of his parents and who they were and their connections landed a job at the production company that was just starting the golden girls. He got a job on another show they were doing. And six weeks later, he reached out to me, said, this is your big chance. They need a post runner, whatever. Yeah. I went and that was it. You know, oh, the okay. rest was history. So it wasn't your mom or mom and dad saying you got to go to school. No, I mean, they they definitely suggested it. And my mom definitely did want me to go to school. And to be honest, I I, I wanted to. I did. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I saw the value in it and, yeah. and still do. Yeah. You know, well, you're a lifelong learner. I know that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, OK, so that's how you got into production. So um, what I, I don't know how to explain this, but it's a question that's always fascinated me about your in, about that industry, the entertainment industry. So you see. You know, I, I know for all the the um, uh, celebrity stars, the A-list stars that are out there, there's many other um, uh, actors and actresses behind that. Um, but even when you see the 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 um, the well-known ones, I never think that that's a union job. But it is a union job, right? And mm-hmm. it's such a different mentality than. And yet it isn't. But, you know, you think of these people as independent and wealthy. And I know the majority of them aren't, of course, the 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 behind the A-list ones. But but I don't they're not entrepreneurs. They're they're union employees. You see the difference mentality that I'm trying to get. I, I do. And it's it's such an interesting point. I mean, because we have to look at every single one of them as an individual right? Because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every single one of them has something else going on. So some of them are incredible entrepreneurs. I mean, when you look at like a Leonardo DiCaprio and and what he's doing and and Brad Pitt and and so many of them, I mean, some have clotheslines and or, or, you know, cosmetics or- I um, think Rihanna is one of the biggest entrepreneurs out there. And I, you know, and then of course there's the Kardashians who created- (laughs) 
a, a mega empire out of nothing. Yeah. So you yeah. got to give them credit for that. Right. But yeah, when you look at the different things that they're that they're involved in, yes, you're right. But do, do you know what I'm trying to say? It seems like such a dichotomy. Yeah, no, I do. I mean, you know, unions can be a blessing and a curse. I know, for, I for know. sure. I, I felt, I, I remember feeling just so grateful and honored and lucky when forget about sagging after i mean that was when i was seven and of course that yes. was amazing yeah but but then uh, after i joined uh, the production company for the golden girls uh i was invited and they promoted me and i got into the director's guild of america uh, yes. which which is a know, union in a sense it right? is it's, yeah. a, it's a guild and yeah. and, and or union and yeah. and one of the best i mean yes. absolutely yeah. one of the best um some are not some are not so okay. great okay. Uh, right these days and Again, it all boils down to who you are inside and what your level of just, you know, impact or desiring to make an impact or service, you know, what your mindset is. A lot of people, actors included, are, are yes. okay with earning that paycheck and sitting back and living life. And and maybe that's fine, you yeah. know, yeah. That, that, you know, because it, it takes all kinds for sure. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, while others want to do a lot more, and I have always been one of those type of people. Yeah, that's, that's good. I think, did, did you watch the Emmys, by the way? Not uh, the Emmys, the Golden Globes, the Golden Globes. Did you watch? Yes. The oh, wait, the, was it the Golden? Yeah, the Golden Globes was the Will Smith incident, right? No, that was the. Oh, oh, that was the, that was the Oscars, Oscars. last year. Yeah, that was oh the Oscars. God, I'm, I'm in a yeah. time warp, sorry. No, so, no, I did not see them. Uh, the Golden Globes. Well, they were just recent. They okay. were just about the beginning of this month. Right. And the reason I ask is because you, just in talking about this and the different roles people play, they um, they had a very controversial um, comedian, black comedian mm -hmm. as the MC, of course, because the Golden Globes mm -hmm. got in so much trouble for mm -hmm. you know, not having any representation. Mm -hmm. But he was very interesting i mean you should just google the opening segment of the okay. golden globes mm -hmm. or, get, or get the tape the the recording from somebody you know anyway mm -hmm. um uh but just to that point uh they introduced people as they came out to present but they didn't introduce this person and he walked out and it was Sean Penn. So you knew it was going to be politically charged or a political thing. It was kind of interesting. So some people you think of that way rather right. than, uh, although he has a very good um, track record of movies, right. he was introducing the um, pr president of you. Um, of, of the Golden Globes? No, oh. um, Ru Russia is um, is fighting in what country? Oh, you, Ukraine. Yeah, because, sorry, I went completely yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, the president of Ukraine who spoke um, on on camera, like uh, on film, uh, to the audience, which was bizarre, but it yeah. was interesting. Anyway, yeah. but you, anyway, we got off on a tangent here. That's yeah, yeah, no, I, I love that. I'll, I'll just, if I can make two comments. Yes. One, it, this is all very ironic because uh, I'm assuming the Golden Globes still air on NBC, but all the while that I was there, it was they aired on NBC. NBC had the contract for it. So whenever we would do live shows, such as award shows and the Golden Globes, I would always have to prep the prior year's uh, broadcast as a standby, just in case, God forbid, anything happened. So I used to see the Golden Globes every year, like oh, clockwork, only I was a year behind. Oh, that's too <laughs> so, funny. That's yeah. so funny. 
but um, but also to your point, one uh, more thing, Jeff. Yes, it it really is. I, I don't even know the word for it for me, other than it makes you pause to watch so many people, celebrities, you know, spokespeople making political comments when that's not what they're there for, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, that's not what people want to see for that's the most right. part. Right? That's right. Yeah. They want to be entertained by you. They want, yeah. you know, they want the fun stuff. Right. So I, I have to ask though. So in your current career, your new career, mm-hmm. um, and I want to talk about it, your website's called lifelonghappiness.com. Mm-hmm. And I will put mm-hmm. that in the show notes, mm-hmm. but you are coaching and, and um, training people who in life skills and in business or professional skills as well. There, of course, is overlap because you can't Mm -hmm. be happy in one place and and not happy in the other. Um, But do you see your, do you bring your past into the present and tell, because you're a speaker, like you're Toastmaster Mm -hmm. and you're, um, you're, you've been in front of the camera, so you're comfortable in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you make it humorous? Do you tell jokes from your, or do you tell stories from your past? to make people feel. Yeah, I I do. And you know, that's really based on the audience, right? Because I'm here to serve. At the end of the day, I feel like I'm here to serve. And I'm here to help people improve their lives. And and however that looks, however that shows up, you know, if it's sharing stories, I'm always happy to do that. Like I've been an open book forever, (laughs) really. And um you know, one of my, I think one of my secret heroes must be Brene Brown because, you know, she talks about vulnerability and, and all of that sort of thing. And that's just, um, I don't know. I, I, I've always kind of been hardwired for that. And I love that. I really do. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of a hard on your sleeve kind of person too. So mm -hmm. I get that. And that's probably why I, I resonated or you resonated with me. Um, Tell me a little bit about the work you do then so that um, like, who do you love to work with? Where do they come from? How do you find your, how do they find you? Like, or you find them? Sure. And, and I guess I'll start with, with one of the descriptors that I used, which was, you know, heart-centered individuals, right? Because we know that in business, always, it's very important to niche. I mean, that's one of the best things you can do is, is really, um, identify your niche and your avatar and all of that sort of thing, and then go after them in terms of marketing and and all of that sort of thing. And, you know, again, hard on my sleeve, but it's a little tough when you're able to make a difference in so many areas mm-hmm. for so many people. And so really what makes it, um, I think the one true identifier is that heart-centered individual because that can be like I used to be because some some of that time when I was at NBC, I felt like I had golden handcuff syndrome. You know, mm-hmm. the money was fantastic, yes. but I felt like my soul was just, you know, withering. And, and at the same time, even, even to just tweak that one point because it's so important, the language we use, like I found ways to cope with that by understanding and realizing how many producers I was helping and to get those shows on the air flawlessly and all of that sort of thing. So I was taking that point of view rather than, oh, you know, I'm suffocating. Yeah. My life is adding all of that, right? Yeah. So again, regardless of whether you're an employee or you're an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs are everywhere today. Yes. You know, it's part of my 
one of my videos, anyone with passion or expertise or knowledge can start a business. However, a lot of entrepreneurs are struggling, you know, they're struggling and they feel isolated or alone. I know that's me sometimes, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, and so it's giving them a, a place to come and, and so that they can be a part of a supportive community and and keep learning and and get help personally and professionally because again it it is all it's two sides of the same coin absolutely so i i i would imagine that your audience the the people that come to your you know you, i know you're just um building your community mm-hmm. the people that you are um that are in that community i would imagine you're very easy to talk to. You're very comfortable to be around on a screen. I haven't met you in person yet, but I will, because I wouldn't be back in California. And um, uh, I feel as though it wouldn't be hard to say, yeah, I want him to help me because he's so easy and and comfortable to be around. Yeah. I hope that. Well, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I, I hope that's the case. You know, it's, Again, we all, we can't resonate a hundred percent with a hundred percent of the people and that's, which is a good thing, you know, because that's a boring life that would be right. Absolutely. But I got to tell you that it's funny. I was doing an, uh, uh, an outreach campaign on LinkedIn and reaching out to some new people and, and with the, um, the messaging that I was doing, there were some people that would, by the second map, they'd, they'd accept my connection request, then maybe they didn't say anything. And then we send them another message, then they reacted, but they'd say, you know, I don't have time to talk to you right now, or no, this isn't a good time for me, or I'm not interested. And those that said that may have upset my heart for a while, a long mm-hmm. time ago, but I know now that they're just, they're just not my people. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's okay because we're not for everybody. So don't take it personally. And that's sort of something I've had to learn not to yeah. take it personally. And um, and that helps a lot, right? That's such an important lesson. It really is because, it, yeah, it's it's not personal. And by the way, if they make it personal, they are definitely exactly. you know, not, not your people, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, some there, there'll be an occasion or two where, you know, I'll, I'll do a, a, a keynote or something like that. And there's 300 people in the audience or 500, whatever it is. And they'll do surveys, you know, at the follow-ups at the end or whatever. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, five or six or 10 people will say, you know, how can you, yeah. How can you be happy all the time? I'm not happy all the time. I'm not. (laughs) Of yeah. course not. Be, nor would you want to be. Yeah. There has to be that yin and yang of, of life, right? Exactly. You can't know what happiness is unless you've experienced sadness, really. That's, true. That's very true. So from that, I want to switch, um, pivot, as they say, mm-hmm. um, because I know you're a really avid reader. And mm-hmm. um, tell me what you're reading or tell me what you're into these days. I think there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you around that. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because, well, first of all, one of my favorites um, was um, The Power of Now uh, by mm. Eckhart Tolle. There, there's so many. I have 160, by the way, I, I have a hundred, like, I don't know, 160 Audible books on, on my phone and um, plus Kindle and this and that from over the years. And I assembled like 50 of my favorites that I give away, oh, by cool. the way, as a gift. I didn't even think about that. Oh, But um but right now, I I stumbled onto something called medical medium, which I had never heard of. Are you familiar with him? You know why? Because my two daughters were into 
health and wellness and they found him. Uh-huh. And so, yes, he's out of New York, right? I think so. I'm not even mm-hmm. sure. Um, An- w- Anthony William, I think. Yes. yes. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, and so my wife, boy, yeah. she just gave me, you know, she kind of gave me the third degree the other day, because, yeah. you know, because, you know, it, it can always be controversial yes. and, and yes. whatnot. But I just know for me, and by the way, I didn't even realize that he was in this camp, but uh, I've been vegan for over five years. So I've been 100% plant-based that long anyway, and yeah. feel better today than I ever have in my life. So that's really good. That's interesting. So you're into the medical medium. Yeah. And, um, and did you ever look up that? Cause you just mentioned now that you were in a TV show when you were a kid with um, Ron Howard. Yes. And I mentioned, do you know him well, or do you know him? I don't, I don't know him well. However, what happened was in, when I was in college, uh, I was dating this girl and she was kind of a wannabe actress and not, yeah. a, not very nice. And we're in a deli in Encino, yeah. California, and she's facing the front door and I'm facing her. And she said, Oh my God, Ronnie, Ron Howard just walked in with his family. And I said, Oh my God, that's amazing. I should go up and say hi, because you know, I worked with him. Yes. And she said, Oh yeah. Like he'd remember you just like that. Talk about not needing to take things personally, right? How else am I going to take that? Oh, that's so funny. I said, you don't think he'd remember me? I'll be right back. I walked right up to him. He's sitting in the booth with yeah. his family. I said, Ron, I don't know if you remember me, but you know, Ricky Pell, yeah. I played Milton on the Smith family. He could not have been nicer. I spoke to them for like 10 minutes or something. Kept her waiting. I kept her waiting. <laughs> and then it was so much fun to come back and say, I guess he remembered me. Oh, that's too funny. That's a great story. So why I mentioned that is because last time we spoke, we talked about his partner, Brian Grazer, who Mm -hmm. I told you about the book, A Curious Mind. I'm pretty sure I told you about that book, didn't I? I think so. So Um, um, that book got me, you'll enjoy that book. It'll take you 10 minutes to read it. It's not long, but um, it it got me to where, and I'm going to ask you the question now. I ask all my guests, most of my guests, this question, because I'm, I have a curious mind and I'm, I love that word curiosity. And it came a lot from that book. It kind of got brought to the fore when I read that book a few years ago, um, because he used to interview people when he Mm. was a kid on the lot, you know, Mm. trying to make his way up. It was quite funny. And as you know, it started actually, his curious mind started with his um, precious Jewish grandmother, Bubba. You know, she mm. was, the, you know, so you got to, you got to read it because it's fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the question is this, it's two part. First part is, it's not hard. First part is, um, do you believe that curiosity is innate or learned? And part two is, what are you most curious about today? And I think you've already answered that part, but go ahead. Um, I think it probably is learned. I do. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we're all born with certain attributes and and this and that. And, um, but I, I, and the reason I say that is just because I know so many people who aren't, Yeah, you know, they're just not, Yeah. again, not in, not in my, probably not in my tribe, you know, I, I I am so fast. You, you take that curiosity factor and 10 exit and it's, really like a fascination, you know, like I'm fascinated with so many things. Yes. And there's um, not enough time, right? There's not enough time because there's so yes. much to learn and so much. Yes. To, yeah. I know exactly. that's the way I feel, but I think we're the exception. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but perhaps you know. I don't know. I, don't know. I think I think we are too because uh, Stephen Covey, I think it was yeah. um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective yes. People, said um, the key to success is lifelong learning, mm -hmm. and yet only about twenty percent of people are lifelong learners. Mm -hmm. And here's the kicker: of that twenty percent, only two to five percent are action takers. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, that's yeah. right. Good when point. I was doing. Yeah, when I was doing research for the for a growth mindset for a presentation I was giving, I, I had a Google, is there a downside to a growth mindset? And the answer was, yes, if you sit on the sidelines and don't do anything, you know, if you get stuck in that analysis paralysis. Yeah, and, yes. You know. And then it's kind of like you've got some great ideas, but you watch them go by and other people do them because yes. you didn't act on it. Yeah, right. I, I, there's someone in my life that could be like that. Mm -hmm. um, so what are you most curious about right now? I think I'm most curious as to, um, I'll, I'll again, I'll wear my heart on my sleeve here. <laughs> I'm really most curious to to see what type of person is going to be attracted into my programs, uh, group coaching and, and mastermind program, because uh, I'll, I'm very curious, circling yes. back to that word. Yes. I'm very curious to see if there is a particular avatar of an industry yes. or a, or a skill set versus, you know, or, or personal circumstance or whatever relationships, health, whatever it may be, versus just that higher 10,000 foot view of a heart-centered individual who just is looking for that place to fit in and, and you know. I think it's going to also depend on where you do your marketing. Yeah. Where, where you hang out, where you do your presentations, right? As right. to, because of, I think there'll be people in all walks of life that could um, be could resonate with what you say, but you may they may never hear you or see you because you're focused in one place. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good right? point. That's a very good point. And and I've I, I have had those discussions, albeit brief, but worth circling back. Where it's more about yeah the different niches that you reach out to to then kind of feed back into one cohesive program. Right. And I think certainly initially, I mean, you know, I'm a LinkedIn trainer, but I would say LinkedIn is a perfect place for you because there's a level of um, decision making. There's a level of socioeconomic mm -hmm. um, uh, state there. Mm -hmm. And it's global as well. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to get going. But right. then you might find you want to niche out a little bit more after you know maybe you're you're drawn to people in your past industry or maybe not maybe you're drawn to a completely different you know vertical or more men than women or vice versa or whatever you know so it'll be interesting to see for sure and yeah. i think variety is definitely the spice of life and i think that's what makes it more more interesting absolutely and i mean another thing that had come to my mind too that i didn't start out with realizing is that while I'm building this uh, group coaching and mastermind group uh, for for basically for the public, uh, essentially, um, there's also the corporate side. So if any corporations or companies, regardless of size, 
um, you know, I can go in and do a presentation there. And if they want a private, their own private corporate, yes. group, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're going to find that there's people within there that could reach out privately because they want to get out. Yes. Exactly. Right. So there's that, there's both sides to it. Fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. And I know that you, um, that you will, um, people will have a good time when they're, when they're in your groups, for sure. Thank this you. has been so much fun. I thank you so much. Um, I want to know if you have one more pearl of wisdom that you could leave with my audience around, you know, what's special for you. And, uh, and then I do have lifelonghappiness.com is where I, and I, I would say, invite. yeah, forward slash invite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Got it. All right. So a pearl of wisdom. My my pearl of wisdom, I, I really would say is, for me, it's gratitude. It, it really, gratitude is everything. Mm-hmm. And being grateful, not just for the big things, but the little things, because we've all heard the little things become the big things. Yes. You know, I, I walked around for two weeks in 2007 with a ruptured appendix. Oh and God. so I ended up spending six days in the hospital with a long story, but there is not a breath that I take that I am not grateful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and most of us just don't go there because we, we don't have to think about it, right? Our our heart keeps pumping, our yes. our lungs keep breathing, but really, when things are looking down and low and all of that, really don't forget the the stuff that's going on behind the scenes that you're not even aware of. That you really, it will help you so much if you're grateful for it. So right? so true, and and I think the. The epitome of that for me is my granddaughter. She's three and a half. And I look at her and I go, I want to be here longer, you know, and longer and longer because she is just the joy to my life, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I love that. And and one last thing that, that another thing that Jim Rohn said that I love is don't wish things were easier. Wish you were better. Yes, that one I do know. Thank you. That's a perfect note to end. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you to my audience for being here. I know that there's some pearls of wisdom throughout this conversation that you can take with you. Please let me know that you enjoyed it. Leave a review, send me a note, do whatever. But thank you so much for being here. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.